Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Product Coffee, where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. We should just reiterate that the goal of this podcast is to get it funded by a coffee provider so that we can have free coffee. Um, So we will one day, and that is the goal. There is no other goal to this podcast. (laughs) Humble, but no goal. (laughs) Let's go around the room now. Just introduce the people that have returned, mm-hmm. and then we'll end with Jamie, and then ask or add to the um, "How did you become a PM?" Mm-hmm. Path. Mm-hmm. All right, this is Kevin, product manager at Ibotta. This is Jake Worland, another product manager at Ibotta. I'm Bergen Devell, similarly product manager at Ibotta. That's strange. We're all product managers <laughs> at Ibotta. <laughs> at Ibotta. Um, we also are um, wanting to bring. A full product team into these conversations so we might have product designers come in product marketing managers potentially um, if that function gets built out and maybe other folks around the company but we want to introduce a new product manager to the cast her name is Jamie hi <laughs> I'm Jamie Douglas I am also a product manager at Ibotta oh look at that <laughs> um, and how I became a product manager um, I'm Actually, relatively new to the space. I used to work in television as a producer, and then uh, switched over to technology um, in the past few years. So that's pretty much. And I've only ever PM'd at Ibotta, so yeah. I have a bit of a narrow insight, but hopefully a useful one. Yeah, and how? In so you transitioned. Mm-hmm. You've worked here at Ibotta for how long? Yeah. Three years. Three years, yeah. and you didn't start as a product manager here, no, and you transitioned into it. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? Yeah, it was um, it was definitely a process. I started here. I've had a couple of jobs here. <laughs> I started here as a CSA. Um, it was a call. It was called a AA at the time, so an account associate. Um, then I was moved up into the manager role in that same department, and then um, over time, built my case. Uh, and um, I, you know, did some external classes, I did my own research, I got paired up with Joe, who helped um, really, you know, nurture that relationship and give me a lot of advice and a lot of things to work on, and um, it really was about a year that it took in order to actually make the full transition over. So what drew you to products specifically? Um, It's very akin to my, (laughs) it's very akin to my original job role when I worked in television so it's very much about working cross-functionally with different teams different levels of technical ability Mm. delivering a product at the end of a cycle um, and sort of getting that to its correct audience so um, it's definitely something that still is interesting to me um, for that reason 
I wonder that that was kind of similarly. We all had different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and that kind of that theme came up yeah. consistently across all of our paths. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that continues to crop up as we interview more product designers or product managers, but mm-hmm. um, or designers or designers. Yeah. 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 The topic of the day is telling the right story to the right audience. So there's all these. Um, times in our product management career where we have to kind of sum up what we're doing and and bring other people into the fold, whether that's engineers, whether that's designers, whether that's um, some stakeholders, or um, a broader audience like um, 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 uh, outside of the company, for instance, or potentially C-levels. And how do you tell that story between all of those different audiences um, where that translates the best? So I wanted to open that up for discussion. Um, and go from there. So what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. Uh, I think that something that I struggle with in terms of that particular topic is too much detail. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to give people all of the information, but that is often actually counterproductive. So paring that down, I think a lot of times I'll take a first pass um, and then given my audience, I'll try to swap out words to something a little bit more conversational, say, if it's to a larger audience, um, you know, or perhaps one that is less technically involved. But I would, for me, I, I would say, like, cutting words. That's... Cutting it down. Cutting it down. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I think for me, I, like, I think about a product brief or a feature profile or whatever you call it, like a product one-pager, and you think about all the different pieces that go into that, where you have like the context, the business context, the problem, the hypothesis, the requirements, the business outcomes, success metrics, Yeah. right? And depending on who you're talking to, you might want to dive in a little deeper in one of those sections, right? Yeah. So if you're talking to an engineering team, you'll go deep in requirements. If you're talking mm-hmm. to a leadership team, you're probably going deep in the hypothesis and the success metrics and just thinking about like okay I have all of these maybe just think of them as different jars and which hand am I going to put into which jar depending on who I'm talking to right like Mm -hmm. which one am I going to dig a little bit deeper on Um, do you find even though that like the maybe let's use engineering as an audience as an example um, even within engineering are there different levels or different types like maybe a personality likes this kind of type of information like do you yeah. cater it down from that point as well yeah absolutely I think knowing your audience isn't just knowing their job function it's also knowing how they work and how they ingest information um, and what information actually helps them be more successful because that's really what we're trying to accomplish at the end of the day right we're trying to enable others we're trying to unblock others we're trying mm-hmm. to empower them to make autonomous decisions um, so yeah you definitely need to know how yeah. they work and, and how they take information and what works for them i think another piece of telling the right story to the right audience is the format of telling that story um yeah. i i think engineering i we live in lucid charts when I work with the engineering team, especially on the back end side. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to really resonate with that audience. And when it's a stakeholder update, it's typically an email, or if it's a presentation to leadership, those are likely slides. So I think um, tailoring not only the content, but the format of delivery for mm-hmm. that information is also pretty critical as well. Like we're working through telling the story on, on one of the pieces of our product here, and engineering starting with started with a lucid chart. Well, like we're talking with, with that about that topic today with leadership, and even breaking that lucid chart out into a couple slides and mm. telling why these pieces matter, um, I think really helps 
tell the story to the right audience. And I've noticed that that type of, of formatting really goes a long way versus just mm-hmm. sending somebody over, like sending a, a, a lucid chart to our leadership team. They'd be like, wait, why, why is this, is this the information? Like, yeah. like why What's does this content? matter? So exactly, yeah. I think that's a, another big piece of, of telling the right story is yeah. how you tell it. For sure. So here's a question probably for you, Kevin. Sure. Like, how, like, how are we delivering this information, right? Like, what yeah. is the intent? Mm-hmm. Is it, in your experience, are you finding that you are trying to be persuasive? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to be descriptive? Are you mm-hmm. trying to be informative? Like, how, That's tell us more point, about, yeah. yeah, like, what are those interactions for you? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the context, right? Yeah. And that's another key point to make with this conversation of, like, know your audience, but also know the context of the, um, yeah. The, the wet, why you're telling these things, right? Like, for instance, a, a scenario of explaining what we're doing in order to um, um, ask for more resources, for instance, or for ask for funding, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it more for buy-in, right? Like alignment. There's a lot of different intent there. Um, so yeah, I, I think that definitely goes into it, and it yeah. definitely uh, guides the conversation. I think in any format, in any audience, what this really is, is product managers being domain expertise on their product. Like, the more you know about this, the better. And you can always talk to it in all these different ways, which is useful. Mm-hmm. And I think the forcing function of getting in front of the, these audience, different types of audience consistently, forces you to learn more about your product um, and be more of an expert. Because then you're like, well, how do I distill this? Like, actually, what are we doing? And then kind of ask you ask those questions. and. Um, it forces you to kind of maybe do some research that you weren't, um, you haven't done in the past to strengthen your domain expertise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Jamie, to your point, like, it's easier to just do a brain dump of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually harder to pick and choose and <laughs> yeah. summarize, like, what's relevant to this particular person, how they interact with that information at this point in time, given what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. together. Yeah, it is a form of user research in a way, knowing your audience. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. You have yeah. to know, you know, what information matters to them, but also how they communicate. Right. Um, and so I think that, you know, when you are tailoring your audience, you also need to have done and invested upfront in understanding who they are and how they work. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, with leadership, I think traditionally we can say this, <laughs> I bought it, that things tend to go off the rails and not in a bad way. But um, typically you, you do all this preparation and usually we don't get to all of the slides or we pause on a specific thing and then they go in deeper. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just uh, you have to know that going in. But it, I think the work of preparing all of this information just helps you get better at the domain to be prepared in those conversations when they start drilling in on certain questions or, um, you know, how do you measure, to experiment. How do you measure success when you've, you know you've told the right story to the right audience? Uh, mm. <laughs> I think that goes back to the objective of the context, right? Like, if it yeah. was to ask for more resources, you get more resources, it was successful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it persuasive? Is it, yeah. I think if it's like an engineering discussion, it's more descriptive. I mm-hmm. think it's more context setting, generally speaking. Sometimes it's persuasive if you have a skeptical engineering yeah. team. Um, but I think you could probably also measure success by the number of follow-up meetings you have to have or the follow-up mm. communication you have to have. Like, 
if you're clear and to the point and they get what they need to make their own decisions in their own domain, whether that's sales, marketing, engineering, leadership, whoever, then you probably aren't going to hear from them again. And that's a good thing <laughs> most of the time. Most yeah, that's the amount of follow-up meetings I've had on a specific topic lately. I'm doing a poor job of communication, so that is a good measure. I like that. I guess that almost like, and not to derail this conversation into another topic, but it's how do you ensure you have the right people in the conversation initially mm-hmm. so you're not having those 17 other meetings yeah. because you thought you had the core audience, that core audience expands, yeah. and then two weeks later we're having the same conversation on a specific topic. So I think that, you know, we all want to avoid meetings on our calendars. And, you know, last Mm -hmm. week we talked about saying no and, you know, communicating and using all these amazing forms of communication we have today without having to set up a meeting. Mm -hmm. But where, how do you make that decision? That's a, that's another topic maybe for another day, but I struggle with that one. Actually, that's a good point though, because um, I think a lot of that has to do with um, one of the facts is, Bergen, you're, you're new here, That's which is fair. like whenever you're new to a company or a product um, area or new domain that you're building a product for, it takes time. Yeah. And I think it goes back to reps. Like yeah. I think that was a good conversation that um, I had with our CTO yesterday about um, just practice. Like a lot of this is like yeah. you doing it mo- multiple times. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but now you know yeah. at this point, okay, I should have done this up front, and that informs you yeah. later down the road. So, and sometimes you could be like a you know a distinct product manager here at Ibotta and be an expert at product, but then not understand the politics or who to talk to yeah. or write the right, right people yet. Yeah, it just yeah. takes time. That's fair. But uh, as long as you're acknowledging that and then getting better, right? Then yeah. that's the uh, then you're on a yeah. on a good track. <laughs> I think it's also a big company too. Yeah, right? yeah. I think we're. I bought a. Si- yeah, size of company matters. Yeah, sure. like I yeah. bought us getting to the point we have what 400, 450 mm-hmm. people here in the office ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting to the point where you you can't as a person be the source of truth anymore, mm-hmm. right? How do we centralize that source of truth, whether that's in documents or something else, yeah. Yeah. where we can enable people to self-serve mm-hmm. a little bit more as mm-hmm. opposed to, I need to meet with Bergen if I want to talk about this particular right. product. Like, right. well, Bergen's really busy. Yeah. So I'm going to just fill in the blanks myself because I need to make a decision mm-hmm. and then we run into trouble. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's when people start getting misaligned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of finding the right people, I think one thing that we do well is make ourselves available through things like product demo. Yeah. So when we do present on those things, it's meant to be a forum in which people who wouldn't necessarily communicate with you regularly can voice their opinion or can mm-hmm. schedule a follow-up, and they might raise something that you didn't know about and wouldn't wouldn't have known to go to them to sure. or for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know, that is one public exposure yeah. area that's just meant to be like, here's what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Give me your feedback or give me your thoughts and, mm-hmm. and we'll get the right people. In the I room. think it's that. And it's, this might be going off on a tangent too, but like product demo is a way for like people to know who you are. Mm-hmm. So if yep. they have a question, they know who to talk to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I've had one or two instances in the last week where it's like, Oh, like, I think you're the right person because yeah. I saw your presentation at Product right. Demo. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a question. Can we chat? I'm like, sure. Like, why, why not? Like, that's that's fine. Like, but that yeah. puts your face point, to right? the product it, a bit. Yeah, it makes it, it a little more personal and personable. But for sure, like if yeah. someone in our like I bought a care right our our mm-hmm. customer support function here 
if they have a question about a particular part of the user experience, the product demo function gives them the exposure to the product team to know who to talk to. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we have, that's a great forum here that I haven't, mm-hmm. well, I, we've done it in different different ways in different yeah. places, but I think the weekly um, cadence for that, as well as just the quantity of information, it's typically yeah. a seven minute presentation with time for questions, is the right amount. So I think mm-hmm. you still, you know, I think in terms of delivering the right information to the right audience, yeah. that is actually an excellent test that yeah. if you it's can explain yeah. this in this room yeah. of biz op- business operations, customer care, you have salespeople in there, you have every background represented. If you can explain your part of the product mm-hmm. and people's eyes aren't glazing over, right. you're probably doing a great job with your content. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's always, a good bar to set. It's yeah. the ultimate know your audience exercise. It really is. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. I think um, it's always it's a learning experience when you get to the end of your presentation. And usually there's a section for question. If yeah. no one asks questions, then you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I nailed it or <laughs> I bombed it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to that end, I always wonder if it has something to do with the time of day. Just last, yeah. last half hour on that is Friday. True. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think that might have something a little to do with it, but I think, you know, in general, if it is a um, interesting topic, then usually yeah, people are engaged. It is also a way of measuring success. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. you get questions? Yeah. I think yeah. That's a good for way. our yeah. multitude of yeah. listeners out there. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if your company does not do a product mm-hmm. demo, it should. Mm-hmm. Just having a regular forum for PMs to get up, not even necessarily PMs, like people involved with particular projects, to get up and explain something technical and complicated in a way that the broader company can yeah. understand mm-hmm. yeah. and relate to. Yeah, Great exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I think that goes for big or, big or small. Like, I, we did a great job of that at my last company where it was, but it was a combination of technical and product people presenting, yeah. so... I like here that that is a very clear split. So there's like technical lunch and learns where you can Mm -hmm. go in and go as deep as you want on the code. Or you could hear, you know, from a product manager why that code matters on Friday. Um, But I think that, you know, adopting that in practice is is really important because I haven't had that everywhere. And it really helps for new people coming in to Mm -hmm. really understand kind of who does what and what the product all does. But also just for even seasoned veterans to get a glimpse into something they don't touch on a day-to-day, but obviously is pretty essential to the product if the teams are working on it. Yeah. I also think it's a really encouraging exercise. Like mm-hmm. People like to see that we're rolling things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just is something that says we as a company are evolving and changing and we're trying to build something. Yeah. Um, so I think that that really you know, bolsters the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So here's a question for the group. Which group of people is the most difficult audience to communicate with mm-hmm. for you? Great question. Mm. Huh. Do you want to <laughs> answer by like type of person or do you want like department in particular? I say take it as you yeah, will. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll start. Um, I'm, I'm newer to the organization or pretty new still. And... I have historically worked primarily on more of a B2C front end part of the application. And now my role from a product standpoint is much more platform focused or directly working with the engineering team on a platform initiative for the product versus something that's going to be a consumer facing feature. 
And so for me right now, I'm struggling with communication with the engineering team. And mm. that is because for me, I understand the ultimate goals of this platform and what it'll enable for the business, but that's the problem we're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. Once we start to get into planning and we're talking about API protocols and readmes and write me's and what's gonna, like, that is where I am just not as versed from mm -hmm. a product standpoint and very candid about that with the team yeah. and with my manager as well. Um, not as much of a technical product manager. And so I think where I'm trying to be more of a, uh, and you know, more empowering for the team is uh, here's what we're trying to solve. But once we get into the technical details, and I'm not going to tell you how to write an API. Yeah. Like, that's not going to be like for, I'm not going to prescribe that to the mm -hmm. team. So I think for me, like it's easy to say here's where we're going, but between where we're trying to go, like what we're building is going to take a lot of time. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I need to communicate now what we're doing in the interim while we're building this really great thing for the future. I need to take that and distill that, and then share that information yeah. out to other yeah. stakeholders. And so I'm struggling with that form of communication. So taking something very technical that I don't fully understand mm -hmm. and then telling other people why that that's, matters. That's, that's a good <laughs> yeah. point. I think there is a level of like, we get asked this question a lot, um, how technical do you have to be as a product mm -hmm. manager? Like, yeah. do you have to be a developer? Is that useful? Um, I definitely think a little bit of that is useful, like even just taking like a Udacity class or just mm -hmm. understanding some computer science basics is yep. very useful in these conversations just to be able to um, explore what the engineers are talking about, about solutions and kind of maybe even drill in a bit more and, yeah. and push. Yeah. Um, it's always useful, but in the case, like I, I would recommend pushing them to explain it to you better yeah. right so then you become more of an expert and then yeah. that makes you better at um talking about it right yeah and an advocate for the group there's so yeah, exactly. many priorities like we need to be able yeah. to like be rock solid in exactly. explaining the story regardless exactly. of your background yeah. or your role yeah. to make sure that we have that mm -hmm. ongoing buy-in from the yeah. team to keep working on this so and i think it's okay to say like hey i i don't think i understand this well yeah. like let's take the time to sit down I, the more i understand this the better off we are right, right? yeah because exactly. then you're an advocate for the team so yep so i was in the same boat as you five months ago yeah where i joined one of our squads here that is also very technical uh, and I have more of a front end like user yeah. user facing background from a product management perspective as well and I mean the two the two questions or asks I always had of the team was A why mm -hmm. and then B draw it yeah and both of those and then from there it was a matter of just I would go explain it to other people as many times as possible yeah. and I would just refine it, refine it, refine it and eventually it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like, yeah. I can talk to, about this in a way that someone who is not deep, deep, deep into the code can understand. Yes, my, uh, I'm working back from a date on the product demo calendar nice. to build a deck that I'll have to explain to more people. So that's my uh, perfect. That's my personal way of getting getting to a point of that I can fully explain this to others outside of the team. So yeah, cool. That's good. Um, we have one more minute left. <clears throat> Time flies. So with that, um, any last thoughts on this topic? I think um, if there's any exercises out there that you can share with us, it would be mm -hmm. super useful of taking something very technical and making that a little more broad 
Um, I know Jake has brought up in the past, like, continuing to ask why. I think it was, like, the seven whys gets you to kind of, like, your objectives, and that's always useful. Um, if there's any other exercises that you can share, um, we'll read them on air and go over that and use them ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> that'd be helpful. That'd be so. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, great. Thanks for joining us um, for Product Coffee. So now, go level up. Wow. See you next week.